It's always good to have a gimmick. I've told you that. I'm a little concerned that your two gimmicks are murder and bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> like we always pivot back into one of the two. Why does it always get back in? <laughs> I'm not gonna keep that in. <laughs> Just for the no. record. I keep at least send that to me. I want that as a ringtone. No, I keep enough wraps in this thing that it's just <laughs> that one got a that one got angry. <laughs> Started out so positive, talking about spring. and then... I know, spring and the weather and walking through your neighborhood, and then I was... Uh... I'll kill you. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that rhymed with pollen except for kill all your friends. <laughs> pollen, kill all your friends. <laughs> See, it's a bit tricky. You have to, you have to, you have to scooch the rhyme a bit. Mm, mm. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining me today, Austin. Yeah, uh, I'm not quite sure uh, when Riley's going to show up, but I'm excited to be a part of you guys. Yep, just keep Part waiting. Of the three. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be in here anytime. You and the chief draw of the podcast, Riley. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear from him. Just chiming in on this episode. Yep, uh, he'll be here. He said he'd be here. So we'll right guess, back uh, when, he, when he gets back from that farm upstate. Well, no, he where said, all Rileys go to live after they retire. No, Austin. He said he'll be here. He's gonna be here. Okay. I feel like you're kind of like doubting that. I mean, I've had a lot of parents and a lot of recitals. Yeah. Nope. Riley's going to be here in a bit, but uh, in the meantime, I have uh, everybody's favorite Austin back here. Hi, Austin. All right. Not including Austin Powers, right? Yeah. No, no, My experiences no. growing up have told me that that is everybody's favorite Austin. Yeah, let's just be realistic. That's everybody's favorite Austin. Uh, when people meet uh, Mike Myers, they don't go, oh, you're like, uh, you're for your Austin Logan-like character. <laughs> They're not like, man, Austin, yeah. Something about love guru. There's a joke there. <clears throat> I'm a loathe guru. <laughs> loathe guru? I can teach mm. you how to hate. I... It's, it's Yeah, it's like hitch, but terrible. <laughs> so, um, excuse me. How would people... Woof, man. This, uh, yeah, this, <laughs> damn, is, that, is that Mike's, Mike's hard too harder. hard for you? <laughs> Do you need a softer Mike's hard? Okay, guys, we did a gas station run, okay? And we're just going to get some... Get some random anything to drink, and for some reason I just picked the Mike's Harder original orange soda. Okay, so judge me. All right. Gonna... I, I was going to bring it up if you didn't, so I'm glad you you painted that scarlet letter on yourself. <sighs> I know. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. Um. Anyway, how would people know that uh, that that voice of yours, Austin? Uh, they may know me uh, from several radio advertisements, mm-hmm. none of which released. I don't know how they got out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the from the critically acknowledged that it exists podcast 20 minutes of banter ah yes 20 minutes of banter which you can find in the show notes below <clears throat> also on our website secret weapon productions yep so that's about as formal as we're going to be for from now on i'm glad we, you got my uh my credits at the top so now people no mm-hmm. they can just tune out for a while mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's in 20 Half minutes of banter. you guys got laundry to do Mm, it's rumbling around up there somewhere. Is it too hot to fall asleep? Well, <laughs> be cooled by our dulcet tones. Yes. Yeah, if you're trying to fall asleep, 20 minutes of banter is just a beautiful way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Your brain will just wander so far away from anything but what you're listening to that it'll it'll go right into the yes, dream Is world. the Sleep With Me podcast not hostile enough? <laughs> Try 20 minutes of banter. Uh, sleep With Me. That's that skit and that's that whole... Uh, deal in new york right where you walk through the building and you, you, you're familiar Alyssa no. went 
Is that the is that the scary haunted house? It's not a scary haunted house, but it is a house that you're kind of locked in and you have to go through the three floors. But it's it's like a it's like there's this whole story and narrative going on, and every single time oh, you like go, oh, like a skit house. It's a skit house, yeah. And you can you can open any drawer and you can talk, try and talk to people and all that. But there are people in drawers. Um, maybe no spoilers. Huh? Yeah, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Uh. <laughs> But you may also know Austin's dulcet tones from our uh, episode on Alt-J's An Awesome Wave. Which, again, I hear all the time, led people to buy that album. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're welcome, Gus something Hamilton. Gus Hamilton? Unger Hamilton. Unger Hamilton. What what are these names you're saying? That's uh, Gus Unger Hamilton. I think he's the lead singer. Or lead guitar. I did not look at Wikipedia before this episode. He's a part of this band in some fashion. Man, I... Season two has changed me. I'm a different man. <laughs> I used to be like pouring over Wikipedia, clicking stuff, reading websites, you know, trying to get all this information on bands. And now I'm just like, meh, I'll listen to it. <laughs> listen to the album a few times. Uh, so if you hear him go, oh, it's a good song a couple yeah. times. That's uh, he's, he's discovering it for the first time. Yeah. Huh, as he reviews it. <laughs> Super efficient. Uh, so while we wait for Riley to roll around, we're we're actually going to do another album episode, which we haven't done in a long time. Yeah, uh, we're going to slightly. All right. So explain this process to me. Okay. Because uh, season two is is uh, decidedly loosey goosey, but we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive. Walk it's, me. Yeah, season two is anarchy. Okay. Um, I prefer loosey goosey. Okay, it's a little loosey goosey anarchy. <sighs> it's pure chaos, and that's okay. Usually we've been more like. You know, let's talk about our lives. How you doing? And then we tie music into that because it turns out people actually like listening to just other people be people and and talk about things that they're passionate about, like music. Okay. Especially when it's good music. Um, Well, when it's Riley and the story is as fascinating as I climbed a mountain because I wanted to. Yeah, he gets bored and climbs mountains and... uh, I get bored and write like... Yeah, I I turn that same energy into like Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. Riley's a he's a hell of a guy. I'm looking forward to hearing his voice later on this podcast. But um, when he totally shows up, which he will, <laughs> he will. So no, how we're doing it in season two? We're gonna try something new because I do want to talk about this album, Relaxer by Alt J, mm-hmm. uh, which is not relaxing at all. I'm just gonna spoiler alert, get that out of the way. <laughs> but grading wasn't as catchy. Yeah, grading. Um, which sounds like I hate the album, but I was just trying to riff. Yeah, no, no, it's a. Uh, we wouldn't do an episode on it if we hated it. Right. So no matter what we say about this album, <laughs> we still chose <laughs> to talk about it. It got more yays than nays. <laughs> and there are only two of us, so you can do the math. <laughs> um, but it, because it's season two, we're not going to go like song by song by by aching song. Um, because that takes a long time, and I have to have something to say about every single song. And honestly, I just don't have something to say about every single song on every album. I mm-hmm. just don't. Maybe if it was like a Third Eye Blind album, um, maybe a Gorillaz album. But for the most part, it's like, nope. I generally stick to like eight songs out of a 12-song album. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for season two, we're just going to have like, you're just going to, we're, we're going to do like a draft style where we're going to like okay. flip a coin or do something, flip my sunglasses, flip this roll of tape. We'll both try to get Mocha's attention, whoever she looks at first. <laughs> She's deaf, so this is going to be tricky. <laughs> a lot of waving and... I'm within poking distance, so I feel like I have a real advantage. <laughs> yeah, here. this is definitely an advantage for my poor sleeping poodle. Uh, Who is joining us in the studio today? Yeah, Mocha's quietly sleeping over there in a chair. She's 13. She's a toy poodle. Her liver is failing. 
liver kidneys what's the thing I, that filters out toxins? i have both of those yeah she, <laughs> i don't know why you're going at me it's, it's not working boys and girls so she's not long for this world but um but she hasn't been long for this world for like two years now so maybe she won't die she just found the right mix and is now immortal yeah she just won't die it's the damnedest thing the vets seriously like we bring her in there and they're like you're kidding Still? yeah <laughs> like seriously they call her the miracle dog so yeah mocha's joining us over there quietly sleeping on a chair she's an angel so uh, <laughs> anyway um we're gonna be talking about this album but we're just each gonna pick like two of our favorite songs three of our favorite songs sure sure kind of depends on how i'm, I'm gonna be watching i mean the time. if we each pick three of our favorite songs that's most of the album yeah this is a very short album uh it's what 34 minutes or something like that it's like uh it's less than an hour yeah. Over eight songs. Which makes it way easier to cram in if you haven't listened to it enough times before an episode. <laughs> <laughs> and are listening to it as you comment on it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably just do two songs and then I kind of want to hear your two favorites and then I want to hear one of your, your least favorite. Okay. Uh, so we'll just cover. So what we'll do is we'll compliment sandwich it. Mm. To make it easier on all. We'll do one we like, the one we're eh about, and the one we like again. Eh, or you could just shit them like shit on the bad ones at the end. And, okay. And I'm not going to edit those in because they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easier to edit that way. But we could do it. We could do a compliment sandwich too. You know, a job critique. What is that? What is that called when you go in job performance review? Oh yeah 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 performance review. Yeah performance review. Yeah we could do that. Sure. So we'll. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of our favorite songs, but you do have to defend your favorite song. Like, why is okay. your favorite song? You know, okay. I'm not I'm not asking for a full on monologue. I'm not asking for like a deep story about your childhood. But if you happen to have one, if if like what makes you connect to that song? And if it's a story, it's a story. If it's just a well, sounds good. Well, then great, it sounds good. Um, which tends to happen with Alt J because their lyrics are utter nonsense mm-hmm. sometimes. So. Anyway, those those are the parameters. We're just talking about a few songs that we like, a couple songs that we don't like, and if we get deep and tell stories, great. If we just go through it and talk about the musicality of it, great. It's season two. Do whatever you want. Uh, when it's your song, it, you have the stage, and uh, you know you can comment on mine. I can comment on yours. No big deal. But your song, your stage, great. Okay, Let's, so, uh, so you're you're frowning on me being stonily silent as we try to banter through your songs. Yes. Yes, that's what I worry about. So I'm trying to think of <laughs> trying to think of something we can flip here. Do we have a tab here? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna to take apart this damn Mike's harder pop tab. All We're right, tight ship. <clears throat> so all right, he's if you up, if he's you win if you tab. if you pick the right one when I flip this pop tab, okay, you get to go first. Okay, okay, right, flip it. You want top or bottom? You want black want, or want, silver? I want black. Black. Don't wheel all right. <laughs> Silver it is. <laughs> All right, so kick us off. <sighs> well, like I like I mentioned, we were talking about the Alche album, Relaxer, mm-hmm. which came out uh, one uh, to two weeks ago. Yeah, pretty damn recently, with music videos for quite a few of them, and um, one of them that has music video, <clears throat> and it's it's not the title track, but it's the first song on the album. And it has a music video that doesn't make a total ton of sense. Right. But the song name is 3-W-W. W-W? 3-W-W. I thought it was 3-M-M. Have I been reading this upside down? You might be dyslexic. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a Spotify ad. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's three WW. Three WW. I had three MM in my head literally this whole time because were I, you hungry for M and M's? No, but I I've been playing it on my phone and like sometimes when I the way I hold it in my pocket when I take it out of my pocket and mm-hmm. glance at it, it's like upside down. Or is there just weird kerning on your phone so two W's look like two M's? Yes. So <laughs> I'm gonna play a little bit of the song three WW for you. This song, okay, so it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. There's this nice, very nice intro, beautiful minute-long introduction. The guitars start coming in. It, it feels like Alt J. Um, I, I mean, I could tell who this is before the lyrics came in, before anything. You could be able to tell just purely off of the the style and aesthetics. Okay, this is Alt J. Off of how the guitars and the drums come in. Yeah, yeah, but it's not weird Alt J. It's not trying to be weird alt j they're not leaning into the adam sandler thing (laughs) (laughs) uh but there's this beautiful line that comes in and it's repeated throughout the song that's i just want to love you in my own own language language. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and honestly that line enough and, and just the way that it's surrounded by this you know beautiful building of sounds that you only get with the first track where they're really trying to establish everything um three just that one line and the way that it ties in and i don't even know many of the other lyrics i haven't been listening to this album for this long well that's what i was going to bring up because uh three ww uh-huh it it, later in the song it it tells you what that means what three ww means three worn words oh that's beautiful three worn words i love you oh yeah man they're clever in that that's nice i didn't know that i don't know i i just you know something about I just want to love you in my own language. We, you and I, we we talk about love languages, right? Mm-hmm. And how it's like there are four or five. Uh, there's a few, and I don't remember what they are. Uh, there's gift giving, uh, quality time, quality time, kind words, words of affirmation, yeah, uh, physical contact, physical contact. The fifth one I can never remember. Wait, so gift giving, gift giving, physical touch, uh-huh. uh, words, words of, affirmation, of affirmation, quality time, quality time, um, service, service, acts of service, yeah. acts of service. I think yeah. that might be the five. Yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know who made that up. It's from a book a long time ago. But <clears throat> the first time that I heard that, I could pretty much immediately put myself into a couple groups. And, and you, like, mm-hmm. you're a yeah. gift giver, dude. Like, There's, yeah, everyone yeah. can usually pick out from that group what, what resonates most strongly with yeah, them. Yeah, usually. The, the and, one of the two. Yeah, and usually, yeah, you pick two or maybe you're between some, and that's okay. 
but <clears throat> like you were hundred percent a gift giver mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like that's how you love people is you you know you give them little things you make something with them you do something and in like as your friend i try to love you in the same way where it's like even though i am in no way a gift giver i'm gonna try and go to my way and just like get you a little something just just because i know that's the language you speak um even though it's not the language i speak but we're trying to meet each other you know and so so when i listen to 3ww it's like yes like i that's what it's saying to you is like how do you how do you respond to somebody in a way that they they will appreciate it yeah and and it is a feeling that i get with people too where it's like um it's i i can use other people's love languages i can i can adapt off of that and make them feel loved based off of how they like to be feel felt loved Mm -hmm. but when they like to be felt loved in the same way that i like to be felt loved and and that i can just like it's more natural for me i guess where it's like i'm speaking my native tongue so -hmm. in the same way that like quality time and words of affirmation, which are, well, yeah. And then physical touch should be like third, but like, those are the things that come naturally to me. So it's like when the things that come naturally to me, where it's just the way I think and the way that I I like to go about things, when that's the same way that somebody else likes to think and go about things, there's just not that there's no translation that needs to occur. Mm -hmm. There's no, um, there's no language barrier. Okay. So it's like, in my mind, it's like those rare relationships where you are just so on the same page with someone that that you don't need to explain how you like to be loved. You don't need to like you just you just be the person you are and they feel so loved because you're just being the person you are. Okay. And and like I don't know. So that's what it makes me think of and I just think that's so beautiful. And like I don't think that's a must for a healthy relationship or at all. I mean like I don't think it's not like the Chinese Zodiac where you have to be compatible. It's like, no, any love language can love any love language, but it's just mm. a thing of beauty when there's no, whenever, when the star is aligned to use your metaphor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the music video for this, I think gives it, uh, well, Alt J is known for being complex, if nothing else. And the, yeah. and the, the music video does a really good job of like adding a layer on top of that. Cause the music video has a real, like once upon a time in Mexico vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where like it's it's a it's a cowboy of some kind pursuing a dead woman, a woman yeah. who is questionably alive. Yeah, they're kind of a bit vague about it. Yeah, and then there's kind of cuts so to the, this village. So and the stuff. I I want to love you in my own language can mean like the two star-crossed lovers. Yeah, who who are from different worlds. Yeah, and and it slots real nice into the the the, the greater theme of the album, which is like this 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 one like. And again, I've had to have it explained to me via websites. Okay, so you read up on it. I did read up on it a little bit. But the whole theme of the album uh, seems to be, and at least I've found this to be true as well, like like a whole theme of uh, being young and exploring love and then falling out of love and that being just sort of the cycle. Mm. So the Mm -hmm. cycle of Mm -hmm. love, of being young and love and getting older and being out of love is is real prevalent in this. Interesting. Which, and and, uh, as we go on, I'll... Explain a little bit more. Who can't relate to that, though? That's true. Even if you haven't actually dated a lot of people or anything like that, like even just just falling in love with a person <laughs> uh, and then falling out or even just like accepting that it's not going to happen. Um, good stuff. Well, I've talked on for long enough about my top pick. So that's 3WW. I, I, I guess just to wrap it up, why it's my favorite, favorite pick out of all the songs on the album. Um <clears throat> 
<clears throat> all eight of them <laughs> is I think it just has all the right elements of Alt J. Okay. And they also brought in a very talented guest singer who I think is from Alice. Um, oh, she's from that band, Alice Wolf or something like that. Anyway, they brought someone else in from a different band and just hearing her voice come in. It's just, man, I, I listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, Alt J has taken everything from their previous albums and built upon it and, and, mm-hmm. and, made it simple but still beautiful it's just like the essence See, I, of all Jay. i don't know if i agree with that a hundred percent because mm. my experience of this uh again typical of alt j is you have to listen through it a couple times before all the gears sort of were into place yeah but my my experience having listened to it like uh about half a dozen times now is that it's a bit farther out in the ether than awesome wave was or even the one hmm. after that whose name always escapes me um every something shoot it had left hand free on it (laughs) well well it had hunger of the pines which i really liked yeah it had hunger of the pines it had something else i know the album it's a good album i just can never remember the name Mm -hmm. (laughs) i have the album artwork in my head even well i couldn't remember the name for uh, awesome wave until we did the podcast (laughs) really hammers it in huh (laughs) huh and i think yeah to your point like I honestly don't think I've listened to this album enough to appreciate some of the deeper cuts and some of the weirder stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think I gravitated towards 3WW because it is, it's an easy bite, man. It's uh it's pretty easy to like the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mellow. It eases you into what, what it's, what the album, what the song is going to be. Yeah. So I think honestly, if we were to do this podcast a month later, you know, yeah, that's the thing about, that's the magic of alt J's. You'd have a completely different answer. Yeah. Like, if we were to do uh, Awesome Wave now, I think I'd have a completely different answer. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, no. I really like Tessellate. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, so, yeah, I keep in mind, I've only listened to this album, uh, yeah, about half a dozen times. This one's just kind of the quickest, easiest to to get stuck in your head, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to defend this song to my grave, but I will say right off the bat, it was my favorite. Okay. So, Yeah. And a solid choice for it. Uh, my the the one I'm going to uh, bring up for discussion is not mm. necessarily my favorite, but I think is going to be the one that's going to spark the most controversy. <laughs> oh no! So okay. in the spirit of in the spirit of stirring controversy, I'm going to uh, the, bring up the song that stirs up controversy. Uh, Hit me like that snare. Why? <laughs> yes. Why though? That's what I wanted to hear. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this on so it's just playing in the background, just so I can be annoyed. So while I do that, you guys can listen to a little bit of it as well. <laughs> So you're picking the song that starts with the cowbell. I am. And then it goes into the a nice whoop. Yeah, the nice hooping and hollering. And are you okay having to play as we talk? Is that okay? Or is this going to be way it's too kinda much di- for you? It's kind of distracting, but we'll see how it works. Okay, I'll turn it down a little bit. But all um, right. all right, start all start right. making your points. Uh, so. All right, my my first thought was as we, as I listened to it the first time, it's like uh, if you took David Bowie and mm-hmm. I took the Sex Pistols and we ran at each other real fast. <laughs> this this song is what would explode into existence. Mm. 
Because you're putting two very big, important names <laughs> running into each other to end up with a song like this. It reminds me. This is reminds me of the Beatles when they were on all the drugs, like all the drugs. Well, that's kind of the point of the song because nominally the the surface text of it's all about like uh, some kind of being into some kind of bondage scene. Oh. Okay. And just, just some kind of aggressive sexuality. I remember uh, last time we we talked about uh, Alt-J, I said sometimes they just get real cheeky. <laughs> yes, yes. This, is this yeah. I think, is maximum cheek. <laughs> this, this, I think, is both cheeks exposed. Uh, this does feel by far the most, like, UK, like, English. Right. Even though they're American, this by far sounded, like, European. And I think, like you said, Sex Pistols and Bowie, like, and mm-hmm, the Beatles, mm-hmm. none of those, yeah, those are all not from around here. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, you described this song as we were going through before the show as, oh, look, it's the one I skip. <laughs> yep. Every which time. made me, which you saw how I smiled because you knew I was going <laughs> to. Oh, you son of a bitch. Shred blindly into that minefield. <laughs> so what what do you like about it? The well, cheekiness or? I, yeah, just to prove the cheek. I, ca- I take it you have not caught the Harry Potter reference in this song. Oh, no. Is there a Harry Potter reference? And I really... All right. Uh, assuming Alyssa does not listen to this episode... That's fair. Yeah. I, I want you... this to, When you guys record your next uh, word struck, I want this to be the first thing you say to her apropos of nothing. Okay. As if you're reading from a script. Okay. <laughs> all right. School of magic with brooms and wands. Mm-hmm. Pairs of people tugging like hungry dogs. Mm. For bone baby in the house of slithering. <laughs> floor full of happy wizard scissoring. Wow. Right? Huh. Maximum cheek? That's a lot of wizard orgy. Um, it's a wizard orgy in the a, middle of an Alt-J song. That's... I see why you like it now. This is so... Uh, mm-hmm. And if I could suggest a part to uh, to mm-hmm. play for them. Okay. There's uh, there's one verse that goes, Regret my safe word, one to ten in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> at the At the party carpet burning my knees. And then the next three lines are him trying to count to ten in Japanese. All right, you have earned yourself a second snippet of this song. Here you are. I hate you for making me play that. <laughs> Victory. <laughs> so, and the, and the Japanese that plays uh, while that's going on. Mm-hmm. I found a I found a loose translation. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so you like it when I hit you like that snare? Oh, then I'll do it. <laughs> Emphasis added. <laughs> okay. Um. I like the emphasis. That really, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. That really... Jeez. Uh, I don't know what to do with you, man. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this song. Uh, this came out of nowhere. This is an album called Relaxer. I thought, I thought we were <laughs> It's a in, song about the bondage scene. Uh, there's 3WW, which was nice and chill. There's the next one, which is uh, a, little, a little more active. And then just... Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, huh. Do you think this song plays into the album as a whole? I mean, you're talking about. I, I how... think, uh, to me, it's like whenever you discuss sexuality, this is the like the the Freudian id that's in the back of everyone's minds. Mm. So it's interesting that they brought it into the discussion. 
Especially after their like this follows their cover of House of the Rising Sun. Is it a cover? I mean, nominally it's a cover, but the words are changed and the the lyrics changed. It's almost like a reprise. Um, That's probably how they envisioned it. Yeah, but before we get into that song, which I don't know if either of us are going to bring up, we we can I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, I said my piece when we brought it up just now. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, speaking of. The it that's in the background of talking about it. Um, my coworker today brought brought up his involvement in the BDSM scene. No, and knew it was a matter of time. But he he's he's put together the facts that I have a bit more knowledge than the average on certain communities. And <laughs> you're talking about your extensive furry knowledge. And and just fetish scenes in general, because he'll kind of come to me and he's like, yeah, I discovered this about you, too. And uh, <laughs> back when, when everybody lived in Missoula. <laughs> yeah, I I know a lot. Um, and I'm not in. I, I remember that scenes. you took me to a flow chart on the Internet of like <laughs> what every fetish community. It was. I, oh, was it a furry flow chart? No, 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 no. It was a fetish flow chart. And, and what the really the the. What sticks out in my mind of that event was we we had found like a the name for a community that likes to dress themselves up like Thanksgiving turkeys, including the little like things <laughs> the you giblets. put on the yeah, yeah the little the little things that go on the ends the of little the legs that go on the legs. <laughs> so they don't try out, I guess. Uh, turkey stuffing, I believe, was yeah yeah. Unless memory has warped my memory. No, I think you've got it. Jeez, uh, yeah. So my coworker, because he'll he'll come to me and he'll be like Clark, I. I need a millennial word defined and I'll be like, and, and you okay. obviously think of the, of the fetish communities. Well, this time he's like, what does cis mean? Cis C I S. What does cis mean? And I'm like, Oh, well it's when you're, when your gender aligns with your given sexuality or with your, your gender aligns with your sexuality. Essentially. Right. So it's like birth certificate says male, you identify as male, you're cis. It's, it's the straight of the gender world. And he, he thought that was utter nonsense. And he's like, geez, people need all this attention. Oh, making it so complicated. There's guys and girls. Why, you know, his whole thing that he does mm. every time. And I just, I just listen. I'm like, yep. Uh-huh. So, so you're saying the farmer from Laurel has not been exposed to the full panoply of human sexuality. No. And, and he just, he doesn't get why people have to go making a big deal out of everything. And I'm like, that's, that's because you're cis man. <laughs> <laughs> I never say that. I, I let him have his peace. And you know, it, the fact that he's willing to talk about it with me is, is, you know, maybe someday he'll learn yeah, I've, a little I've reached bit of the stuff, point but. where if most discussions about, social issues don't end with bricks through windows. I count it a victory. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just kind of, you know, he still, even if I disagree with him a little bit or whatever, we still come away with it. Fine. We're cool. He just might think I'm weird. Um, but after I like define it for him right away and stuff, he's, he's asked me a lot of these questions kind of around this. And finally he's like, you seem to know a lot. What that? Oh, geez. The commercial just started <laughs> oh, playing. Man. On the- Spotify has <laughs> autoplay video ads. What is happening? Did you did you think whether this podcast was haunted for a second? Where did that come from? Do they always do that? Probably. They just like will randomly autoplay videos? That that is upsetting. Was it just playing real low and then the the music kicked in at a higher volume? I had the music turned off. Like and Spotify, the volume's all the way down. That's never happened to me, but uh oh, geez. insidious. Oh boy. Anyway, sorry. So my coworker is like, You seem to know an awful lot about the whole gay community. 
And I'm like, uh, all the rumors that have gone around at work and stuff are just swirling through my head. And I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of that. He's like, you have a lot of gay friends or something? And I'm like, not really. I just read about it online. Anyway, he was pretty much like trying to trying to ask the He's question that to, everybody's yeah. been trying to ask since I started. Like, are you gay or what? You can just tell us. It's fine if you're gay. But I'm not gay. And that's the thing. I just, Although it's interesting is that's the second time I've heard someone heard about someone asking you this question. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like when people first meet me, and even at dinner the other night, you heard, you know, our friend yeah, RJ yeah, was saying, dinner we like, spent all day making together. Yeah, all day. <laughs> My guy friend and I spent all day making dinner together. <laughs> anyway. And your other friends come over and ask whether or not you're gay. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, but even RJ was saying, he's like, when people, when, when you first meet you, it's like about a 50-50 chance. You're not really sure if you're gay or not. And I'm just like, well, that's fine. Like, you know, whatever you can, you can talk about the Kinsey scale all day and who lies where, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm not gay. I don't identify as gay. Um, there are other words, but, uh, so I, my, I like how you're, you're speaking as if this will put the issue to bed. It, I know, I know. But for my coworker, I'm just like, nah, anyway, I've gone on for far too long about yourself. <laughs> so oh, no, I'm glad this, this drug, this out of you. <laughs> yeah. So my coworker and I had a very interesting conversation where he learned that I, I contain multitudes and um, <laughs> yeah. naughty, naughty multitudes. <laughs> I'm just very curious about a lot of things. Okay. I'm not saying I partake in the communities or anything. I'm just saying I, I, I look at things. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, you'd be surprised what communities you, uh, you brush past just being on Reddit. Yeah. Just, just kind of having your eyes and ears open. You'll, you, you, you see some stuff. So, oh, um, boy, I'd talk more, but I feel like I just talked a lot. So I'm going to make you talk about a song you didn't like. Okay. So we're moving on to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The one that jumps out to me the most, and I think we agree on this, uh, the song last year, the second to last track. Yeah. Let's play a cut of that real quick. Stabilize me with my father's pain Relieving drug diazepam Life floats So what you just heard is is the most interesting part of the song. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically it's about a guy who's uh, who's whose love and life sort of fall apart, and it glazes over as as to what happens month by month. Hmm. Now there are a couple of things here that are really clever. Hmm. Uh, for example, a lot of it just reads like poetry. Yeah, I think yeah, the that's second what I, that was my the, thought the, too. the second verse started like uh, I thought this was clever. Augustus came and stabilized me with my father's pain. 
Mm. On the new line, it goes, relieving drug diazepam. Oh. So that's, that's a clever thing to do. Uh, Dan would know what it's called. Where you... Um... Where you where you break a line so that it, uh, to deepen uh, the meaning. Yeah, yeah. So oh, the, the sentence is, Augustus came and stabilized me with my father's pain-relieving drug diazepam. Yeah. But because of the line break, it reads, Augustus came and stabilized me with my father's pain-relieving relieving drug, drug diazepam. I like that. I really do. Huh. See, it's, it's looking at the lyrics of all Chase songs, and you are so good at that, and I'm so bad at that. <laughs> So that's that's actually nice, but this isn't this is your least favorite song. Is it the yeah, well, musicality then? Uh, part of its musicality is just so slow, yeah, and so uh, choral. It takes six minutes to get not that far <laughs> to go through the twelve months. Yeah, but again, very clever, mm-hmm. and you get a picture. It, it, it sounds like a song about a life that's fallen apart. Yeah, so yeah. It, it achieves competently what it sets out to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a the thing it sets out to do is a bummer, and b <laughs> like the pacing of the song just doesn't click with me. Mm. But I mean, listen, listen to this. He, so the at the end of the song, he drowns himself in the Mississippi. Oh, okay. But he describes the Mississippi by saying, "If it's depths to your rivers, I've picked one for you. Oh, greedy with s's, but equaled by eyes. Oh, Mississippi. Nice. M i s s i p p i. Huh. Read it again. Sorry. Let me bring it back up. If it's depths to your rivers, I've picked one for you. Oh, greedy with S's, but equaled by I's. Wow. I know. That's a great way to describe the Mississippi. Yeah, that's really Maybe nice. the greatest way to describe the Mississippi. Yeah. Huh. You're not doing a very good job of convincing me this is a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this song. It's so clever. It's so clever. Let me read parts of it. <laughs> um, wow. I'm, I'm glad you picked that song because I really was not... It's. Um, I think I said, hey, this is the song I skip halfway through. <laughs> I'll listen to it for a little bit, and then I'm like, that's enough. Yeah, I've gotten what I needed to out of this. Yeah, I'm like, I get it. I get it. And I think I probably did that too many times where I just didn't even really catch on what the song was about. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Like I said, if we record this again in a month, completely different views. We just wanted to get this hot take out the door. Well, I think if if there was a problem with this album, it would be... Because, uh, like you said, you watched, you listened to it through on YouTube first, yeah. which is what I did. So I saw a lot of the music videos. But the music videos are paced entirely different than some of the songs. Yeah. And some of the songs that aren't on YouTube are paced slow as well. So you get the mm. sense that the, the album is a very slow, uh, meticulous plotting thing. But yeah, that really was my mindset. But then I went and listened to it on Spotify. And yeah, it's a yeah, different... The pacing is, is completely different. Then. Yeah. There are other songs that just utterly drag in comparison to everything else. Uh, man. So, great. Um, <coughs> sorry. All right, so, moving on to your least favorite of the mm, rock solid songs. I want to save that for, for I guess, the end. Um, okay. I'll talk about another song. So, I'm compliment like. sandwiching your, your shitting at the end. I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, moving on to your, your second gold star. My second gold star. Let me pull up the spoofy so I get all the names right and don't Thank say you. 3MM. That's, You're welcome. I just spoofy. wanted you to call it spoofy once. Uh, you got it. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, I think my second favorite song on the album. It, no, I I know, I know my favorite second song you know on the album. Your favorite song. I do, yeah. It's my second What's your favorite. favorite song. Second favorite. It's a uh, it's Adeline. Okay. Yeah, Adeline. Now, this is my second least favorite, so that's that's actually interesting.
Well, this kind of goes back to when we were talking about um, <laughs> so long ago when we were talking about how different songs dragged. <laughs> So many I remember <laughs> I was just a young man. But it, it, when watching the YouTube videos and everything adds on an extra minute or so, so you have more like six minute, eight minute tracks and stuff like that, Adeline actually fit in with everything. It, it didn't come okay. across necessarily as one of the slow songs. Um, it just seemed an honest to goodness love song. Okay. See, that's interesting because uh, – uh, there's here's that alt, that signature alt J cheek again because mm. on the internet it said uh, in an inter- <laughs> on the internet on the in- the most indisputable <laughs> of places uh-huh. where everything is true uh-huh. it said that uh, in an interview they said uh, alt J said that Adeline was a song about a Tasmanian devil who fell in love with a swimmer damn it damn it damn it <laughs> damn it I really like this song but it doesn't take away from it and this song actually does uh, much like last year some very very clever things. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the song off of An Awesome Wave. Um, oh, I don't remember the name of it, but it came right before... Uh, <laughs> this is going to be the worst description ever. I know exactly what song I'm talking about. I'm just going to play a little clip of it here. After From I'm Awesome Wave? Up. From Awesome Wave, yeah. I'm just going to play a little bit here. So that's the song it reminds me of. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'll have to. <laughs> yeah, the, the listener will know. But the that listener was, will know. Austin's, that was five seconds of silence for uh, me. So Austin's I'm, just kind of looking at I'm me. I'm trying to yes and to the magic of stagecraft. <laughs> oh, of course. It's all yeah. so clear now. Yeah, how did I not know that? Uh, I'll pull it up for Austin. Why not? I'll pull it up for all of me. All right, so Clark is playing it for me now, and I kind of see what he's saying. I don't know why. I know musically they're not that similar, but for some reason it just struck the same chord. I think something about the tone of the guitar mm. that when Adel- when Adeline actually picks up a little bit and the guitar actually does do this little sweeping thing, it kind of reminds me of that. Okay, um, and that is my favorite part of the song as well. Yeah, yeah, that's just a beautiful part of the song, and that's enough, like, and again, like, why this is my favorite song, I guess it's just as simple as when this album was playing in the background, every time that little part came on, my ears would perk up and I'd go over and I'd look at my phone. And I'm like, I need to remember the name of this song. And I'd look and every time it'd be Adeline. And I'm like, huh. And then okay. I'd go and I'd listen through Adeline from the beginning, just cause I'm like, all right, I need to, you know, mm-hmm. figure out where this starts and ends so I can talk about it. And you kind of fade out. And every that time part I kind of fade out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, so the song itself doesn't actually like blow my mind, but for some reason that little, that little part, I mean, it's a clip that I played for you guys. Um, but that little part just gets me. And I don't... Again, the part that goes in the old triangle went jingle jangle yeah. all along the Western Canal. Yep. So that, about... that was the part I was impressed by literarily as well. Oh. Because that's, that's drawn from an old English folk song. Oh, really? The old triangle. Mm-hmm. Oh. What Which, was the old triangle? Mm-hmm, but old spelled in old English, so A-U-L-D. Oh. And that song is about uh, like a prisoner uh, who's watching his, his uh, love either out his prison window or from across the courtyard or from something like that. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, man, I should really... So, yeah, so it's a song about uh, uh, love lost and uh, being separated from the one you love. So it's like goes right with the core themes of the mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
Yeah, I... Not to mention, it's a folk song that features a triangle, which is kind of Alt-J's thing. Yeah, exactly. I thought about that, too, because, you know, Tessellate and just everything to do with Alt-J. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already established, but for those who haven't listened to our first Alt-J episode... We're uh, really we're really <laughs> hawking that one. <laughs> we are. But Alt-J is actually the name of the keyboard command that makes a triangle in, in ASCII. Um, like, I don't know if it's a Mac or a PC thing, but if you... Hit, I think it is just a Mac thing. Yeah. But it might you, just be a Unicode 8 thing. It is Unicode, not ASCII, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. ASCII kind of adopted some of the Unicodes. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Welcome you, back to Tech Podcast. <laughs> you hit that combination of buttons, Alt-J, and it's triangle. They originally just wanted their name to be that triangle symbol, but the record label's like, eh, nobody's going to know how to spell that or mm. pronounce that or anything. It was already taken by Prince, weirdly enough. <laughs> the pronunciation for just a triangle is the same for Prince's symbol. <laughs> Turns out. Uh so they're like, oh, well, we can't use that. So let's just use the name of the keyboard shortcut. So, yep, they're always tying back into digital stuff, mm-hmm. which I feel might tie into your favorite song, your okay. second favorite song. Yeah, I was torn between uh, In Cold Blood, which mm. is the one that opens in binary. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. But I think the one I'm going through, going to uh, uh, to go with is the last song on the album. Okay. Uh, track number eight, Pleader. You're kidding me. All right, here's a bit of pleader for you. You remember how uh, Fit, I think it was Fitz, Fitz Pleasure mm, mm-hmm. from Awesome Wave was based on a book? Yeah, yeah. Well, this song is also based on a book, and I think all the lyrics are drawn from the book. You're kidding me. It's it's uh, The book is How Green Was My Valley. Oh, which is, they sing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. By uh, Richard Llewellyn, uh, I think 1939 is when it was written. I bring on the best guests. They do all the research for me. I just I just say a couple things, and they have everything pulled up on their phones. Jeez. Okay. So yeah, th- th- this interests me. I'd, I'd never read the book, so this this wasn't an oh aha moment. I found it on the internet like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But I was impressed by by how they could do that again on this album. And from what I could read, the uh, uh, the book How Green Was My Valley. Was uh, was a retrospective? How green was my valley? Was uh, uh, I forget the whole quote, but it's to the tune of a man remembering his life in terms of a valley. Okay. And how in spring his valley was green and withered over time and age. Oh, yep. So the retrospective is how green was my valley and how great was my spring, or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That's pretty. And and the the book is about like a Welsh mining community just before World War II. I want to say intriguing. <clears throat> so it's a real soft love story kind of book. So is this song? This is is this a waltz? Technically, it has waltz portions. I think. Yeah, because I was listening to it and I'm like one. Two, Three, one, yeah, two, I think three, it's deliberately one, uh, paced like a waltz. Yeah, it definitely imparts Some it. shaky graves level nonsense. This song actually, this song goes a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lot of places. And that's it. Yeah, the instrumental like interludes in the middle mm-hmm. are kind of strange to me. Like I don't, I, I'm, I'm not clever enough to get what they're trying to do musically. Yeah. Eh, give it a month. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. There's, um, and even the intro, it starts pretty slow and it mm-hmm. kind of builds almost like a chorus like you could almost see them performing this live with some type of chorus almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um okay so so you just liked the liked the poem itself liked how liked what they chose and how they chose to present it mm-hmm. i think it was a especially considering the song before it was last year mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. follows the theme of the album by you know, misery and culminating in a suicide in a river. Oh, yeah. This this yeah. song of like a retrospective on life and like really reminiscing and getting nostalgic for the for for better days. Yeah, yeah. I think thematically and just uh, lyrically, it's hmm. uh, it just it struck a chord with me. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And uh, it doesn't see. <sighs> I'm surprised kind of at what you didn't pick because in cold, what is it? I, uh, in cold blood, the second song in the album. Yeah. The one, I, the one I texted you about like, Holy shit. It's Alt J and binary. Oh, it's binary. And I'm just like, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> they put it through a translator and read some numbers. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I thought for sure you'd pick that one. Um, so I guess. It, hmm. And I, I was really torn. Yeah. Because if you haven't seen the music video for that one, go out and watch that one because that one's really cool. Yeah. It starts out as like a nature documentary and then goes into like a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> huh. And even the songs about like people getting murdered at a pool party. That's what. What is it with Alt J and, and killing people around bodies of water? I mean, I, are they boxes. trying to tell us something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many bodies is that guy throwing in the river? I, I think like... these guys are the Zodiac killer. <laughs> collectively <laughs> and this is their diary how's little mocha doing over there she's still sleeping she's still slipping oh man what a good dog oh, i love that dog oh, when i scratch her when i scratch her chin she moves her leg but she thinks she's scratching it oh really yeah it's a little phantom limb thing right i don't know why dogs do that but it's always fun when i can get my cat to <laughs> feels like a victory somehow so let's uh i'm, I'm going to talk about my other or my 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 least favorite song, I guess, um, and then we can kind of go on to the songs that we missed, or maybe honorable mentions, I guess we'll say. Sure. Uh, which I mean, it's but again, we've after this we'll have covered album, six so. of the eight songs. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I I don't have to play all of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an editing thing, man, saving time. So honestly, House of the Rising Sun. Uh, yeah. There is.
Yeah, I was so excited for it to be something. I was so excited for it to maybe be a true cover. To be a, cover. like a true cover of House of the Rising Sun. And even when I discovered it wasn't a truer cover, I'm like, oh man, they can really maybe they're build yeah, on they're changing concept. the message of it somehow. Yeah, but it just if they did, I missed it. If it, mm-hmm. excuse I mean, me, this mic's harder is killing me. To me, it almost felt like vaguely sacrilegious. Yeah, do you have the lyrics for that, or did you look into what that's all about at all? I mean, there's. Uh, the only the only verse that follows the the actual lyrics of the song are uh, there is a house in New Orleans that call the rising sun and it's the home of many a poor soul and then they change it to and Lord my father's one which is kind of yeah I, I guess the song just kind of reeked of, of like trying a little bit too hard like I think this is them trying too hard to be Alt J and, and mm. I feel like they went to the song thinking what would Alt J do to this song what would Alt J do not not what do I want to do not mm. what do I feel not what what does this song deserve or you know anything like that it's like you know if our band were to do something based off of this what would our band do and it's like eh. mm. it just doesn't feel like it comes from anywhere real and even like the orchestral kind of builds and the and the instrumentals and stuff I, I usually really yeah dig and those. I, I, I don't understand why they did this song for it which yeah. is like a it's kind of an anthemic blues song a blues yeah. rock song, yeah, and they just it has its place as the, as you know the the, the dark New Orleans song, yeah, and and even though you may not have been to New Orleans or you have no idea where this house, the Rising Sun is, you just get everybody gets this vivid picture of what this place, yeah, is. yeah, just like generations getting trapped in some kind of squalor, yeah, and like for me, I just kind of oh Mocha's so itchy, oh, so itchy, oh buddy, um, she. It, I kind of picture this this kind of like barn in the middle of nowhere with the sunrise. Every time I just see this like glowing blood red sunrise coming up and, and over this house in New Orleans and, you know, as the swamp is starting to come alive. And like, that's what I picture every time I listen to that song. And I listen to this and I'm like, I, it's not simpatico. And maybe they mm. just translate. Well, I, I like your idea of it was like a kind of a reprise. Yeah, yeah. Of like maybe like the newest son watching the generation claim another father, and that's what this song is about. It's about an alcoholic father and like an overly religious mother who thinks like praying oh. is going to fix the problem. Oh jeez, okay. So I mean, thematically it's on point, but the execution is just kind of it's like shameless. That whole and then there's then there's their 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 big reprise is like it's a happy happy fun fun day or something like that. Yeah, happy happy that, fun fun. I can't do that, man. I just can't. I just think of Ren and Stimpy when I when yeah. happy happy joy joy. Yeah, it just, I just, the song just didn't do anything to keep me in. I heard the first thing and I was so excited for what it could be. And mm-hmm. then they just kind of mm-hmm. failed to deliver. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to accept with a band like Alt-J, this might be entirely over my head. It could be. It could be. 
Maybe he talked to both of us again in a week, and we were like, "No, this no, is no, the this best, is the best song on the freaking." I kind of came made. around that way on uh, "Hallelujah Money" on that last Gorillaz album. It's not the best one on the album, though. I mean, not even close. It's political commentary, though. It's ah, it's geez. amazing. There's a lot of people talking politics. We talk yeah, politics. Yeah, but they're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, Benjamin Clementine's gifted for sure. Huh. So, one thing that this album brought. Is, is some new instrumentation and guest singers. So we have Alice mm-hmm. from Alice uh, Wolf. What is the band she's in? It's gonna, I keep wanting to say Alice in Chains, and I know that's wrong. It's not that. It's really going to upset me. And I'm sure, I'm sure some listeners are just like, yeah. I'm sorry. It's the name of the singer from a band with the name Alice. Look it up yourselves. <laughs> I think it's Alice Wolf. So we hear different voices, which mm-hmm. I, did not happen in Awesome Wave. Uh, I'm trying to think if it happened in the previous album. Maybe once or twice. Either way, it was new uh, to me. Yeah, um, it was new. It was novel. It was new. It was novel. I was and then it. a brass section. Yeah, whole orchestral things. They were really yeah going nuts on a lot of songs with Which the orchestras. Is, yeah, I'm gonna play a little bit of. It's in Cold Blood, right? That has the 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 swelling of the little brass quartet, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna play a little of that for you. That's in Cold Blood. Yeah, that was totally it. So, <laughs> you remember? You remember? Uh, did you ever see that movie Walk Hard? With thing it was John C. Riley. Wasn't that a, to be Johnny Cash? Yeah, it was kind of a it's kind of like a homage, but a parody at the same time. Uh, yeah, and, the, yeah. and then like uh, he had like an Eric Clapton phase, and, <laughs> yeah. and during the Eric Clapton phase, like he he was super racist. Well, that and like uh, <laughs> he had this whole orchestra come in, and then he like <laughs> I think he only dinged a triangle was the joke. <laughs> That's kind of what I think of when I think of Alt J uh, doing the orchestras for this, and they would have a triangle too because it's right. Alt J. And then and then hating it and throwing out the whole, <laughs> the whole orchestra. And like there were like uh, people like people dressed like they're from the Caribbean on bongos. Yeah, a whole percussion se- section <laughs> on the steel drums. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they could really use that in. Uh, don't don't give them ideas. <laughs> there were some songs don't in an awesome way that could greatly benefit from steel drums. <laughs> huh. So. That was a great new addition to the album. Um, what are some things... I mean, we both have admitted that we're not super up-to-date on the album that came, the Between album, right. the sophomoric effort. Uh, in that I still can't remember the name of it, even though I'm looking at Spotify and I could probably just look it up. <laughs> it's right, probably. So these ads just run until you're... Until, these are the most bizarre Spotify ads. I'm not, I, yeah, they don't do that on mine. Oh, man. Maybe I just don't notice them because I'm so desensitized to ads. Could be. Uh, I did oh. make us go out of our way for M&M's like an hour ago. <laughs> so I, I could just be conditioned. <laughs> and the world's just an ad. Uh, so uh, the album is This Is All Yours. That's the last album. This Is All Yours. Yeah, yeah. So woo, we're killing it. I liked every I, other I feel freckle a little vindicated because I was never going to guess that. Yeah, yeah, no, neither was I. So it had every other freckle. I liked that song. Left, every other freckle is a good song. Left Hand Free was good. Uh, Hunger of the Pines was good. And uh, those were all the singles off the album. <laughs> and end of list. So maybe we're not the best people to be talking about 
this, but uh, I don't know. You have all this this rep as an Alt J expert uh-huh, uh-huh. podcast now, so <laughs> we've got some territory to defend. So, so what are some things about this album that? Um, what needs said about this album? Why? Why is it called Relaxer? I, Riddle me that. <laughs> I honestly still can't tell you. Yeah. The, the closest speculation I've seen mm-hmm. was that all the album art was drawn from a, a, a PlayStation 1 game okay. released only in Japan. Who are these guys? Okay. Right? Called LSD Dream Emulator, <laughs> which was supposed to just be a series of trippy images from what I can gather. <laughs> okay. So maybe there's some sort of <laughs> fun game, yeah. Some sort of drug surrealist theme to the whole thing. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe like muscle relaxer because you mentioned mm. that specific medication and I'm like a lorazepam or something like yeah, that. Yeah. That sounds Diazepam. like some sort of muscle relaxer. I think it is, thing. yeah. Dan would know. <laughs> uh, uh there's a Fallout Boy song. Um I forget what it's called, but it's off of Folie de it's the French one, yeah. filet à deux. <laughs> that's, that's filet of two. Yes, sounds delicious. It's it's the death of two is is the translation. So I'm probably pronouncing it way wrong. Mm. Folie de anyway. Um, I feel like we should backtrack for just a second. We're not. We didn't laugh because our my host twenty minutes of banter Dan does drugs. <laughs> we're laughing because he tweaked his back and is on painkillers. Right yeah, now. that's we're, we're not we're sorry. not making we're not poking fun at an addict. I yeah, don't want. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> That's a good point. We're not making fun of an addict. We're making fun of someone who hurts himself. Who hurts, injured. Like we're making fun of the infirm. But but he hurts himself. Like he's our most accident prone friend. Like he just is. And I, I've seen ceilings lower themselves just so Dan can hit <laughs> his head on them. Yeah, and it's not. I think after the first set of concussions, y- you start to lose a certain amount of spatial awareness, and it just means you start that you're to lose empathy through. for your friend who you know is going to die. <laughs> Ah, he knows too. It's fine. Uh, yes, good call. But there's a song on this Fall Up Boy album, and I swore for the first hundred times, I love this album, have listened to it so many times, mm. I thought during one of the choruses they were saying, call me Mr. Bands a Dream, but don't let the doctors in. Oh, wanna... but they're saying, call me Mr. Benz a Dream. Yeah, yeah. And the whole time, it's a song about living up to expectations and needing to get away from stuff like that. And I'm mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's saying like to all... And the whole album kind of talks, you know, about like, yeah, call me Mr. Bands a Dream. You know, like, I'm a big dreamer guy, but look oh, at me now because I'm on top. Like, I see. Man, you thought... You thought I was silly for wanting to band, but nope, here I am. Because they've had entire albums that talk about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, Mr. Band's a dream. Mr. He's talking about living up to expectations. Nope, it's Mr. He's Band's talking a dream. about painkiller. It's a song about drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, what the hell? I was like reading the lyrics because I was trying to get a different lyric to the same song. Not even the main chorus. And then I saw the chorus. And your and world like, kind of fell apart. Yeah, and I checked all the lyric sites. And I'm like, no, nah, these lyric sites are usually wrong. Um, nope. It's a... Uh, Mm-hmm. It's definitely a song about um, painkillers. So, fun stuff. Good old Fallout Boy. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get. So, I was... Sorry, I'm just going to keep uh, waterfalling these topics here. <laughs> well, we're heading down this rabbit hole. Continue. Yeah, so, revisiting Forrest Gump. The the movie. The movie, yeah. Um, I've been watching some some hardcore videos, like a hardcore band that does a lot of screaming and stuff like this. But in the intro to one of their songs, and then on the outro, they have like quotes from Forrest Gump. Huh? Like you know, I I walked to the ocean, and then I just started. Writing oh, this is I that just... band that uh, I, I walked in on you listening to. Yeah, yeah. It's 
It's very interesting. They're called The Anchor. I'll, the Anchor, okay. The Anchor. I'll throw a link in show notes. Their lead vocalist is female. Not that that really matters, but she's Well, very, it's interesting because you couldn't tell it for the, from the screaming bits. Yeah, because she just does almost exclusively Vox. Like, And when she does cleans, she usually has a guy singing with her too. Mm. So it's like you don't, for all you know, the lead singer is a guy and they just bring on a female for the cleans. So anyway, um, but yeah, they had a Forrest Gump quote and it was a beautiful quote in the context of the song, but it got me thinking about Forrest Gump, which got me thinking about the quote, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get and how like you come back to that as an adult and it's kind of like, holy shit, she was talking about having a special needs son. Oh, is that what that's about? But she's also talking about how just like, yep, life is just, you know, <laughs> you just never know what life is going to throw you. It might give me you, Forrest Gump. It might give me all sorts I, of things. Uh, <laughs> you pointed at me when you said that? Now I'm, now I'm concerned about some power dynamic questions. Who's my little Gumpy? Answer it or I'm going to edit you out. Okay. The... <laughs> I can, I can you bring You only in... release your side of the... <laughs> I know you said yes at some point. I, I know you said I'm your little gumpy at some point in this I podcast. I am your little gumpy. Yeah, I'm going to bring that back and edit it in. <laughs> so Yeah, I thought you were saying I'm your little gumby. Oh, I may I, have I said thought, that. Yeah, I, I thought you were asking me if I was your little stretch toy from the 70s. <laughs> that too. Anyway, so I think, yeah, that was her way of saying, like, sometimes you get a special needs kid and it throws your whole life off the rails. And then, um, but he took that as some sort of motivational thing. Anyway, like, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. How about that, right? I haven't I haven't seen that movie in nigh on a decade. Oh man, he mooned Nixon, and then he met uh, was it JFK and had to pee? Oh shoot, I forget the order. Yeah, something well, obviously like JFK before Nixon. Well, obviously. <laughs> anyway, uh, good stuff. If events are to be believed chronologically, <laughs> which I mean, it's Forrest Gump, it's gospel, right? So, what are some songs? Going back to this album, I mm. guess. Unless you want to talk more about Forrest Gump. That's fine. Can we make this Forrest Gump podcast? <laughs> I told you I haven't seen it in a decade, which tells you my level of interest, but let's pivot. So we just need to, you know, freshen up on some Wikipedia and we'll, we'll, we'll be experts We'll bring in the, the same level of acumen and rigidity <laughs> to the Gump cast as we will. Perfect. Perfect. We'll be good to go. I'm trusting you have all the quotes, right? <laughs> and I'll just talk about kind of vague story stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Didn't the mom give the teacher a, a We'll hummer? see when this was filmed. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, shit, man. So back to the album, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some other honorable mentions? Bring out your dead. What you got? Uh, uh, I think we mentioned it briefly, mm-hmm. but uh, In Cold Blood, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. might be, the, might be the, the main track. Title track? Title track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in as much as this one can have one. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was clever. Uh, I don't know if I agree with this though, mm-hmm. but uh, they open in binary. They open by singing in binary, mm-hmm. but uh, apparently uh, the way they sing it is uh, that it's alt backwards. So the, the binary code for alt backwards. Oh, so forwards, it's just, it's either gibberish or it might be just a mm. letter or something. Hmm. They don't mention J at all. They just mention, uh, I think the actual line is, crying zeros and I'm hearing one one ones. Yeah, which uh, which maybe there's a way to maybe it's a riddle and you can like decode that into the the code for J. Well, I don't know 
Because even like if you're talking about zeros and ones from a binary sense, like zero is off, one is on. Right. So maybe it's something to do with just that elementary of a thing. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Oh, let me tell you about a rabbit hole I went down after listening to this. Yeah, please. Because I had gotten it into my head like, huh, there's definitely like hard songs and there's definitely soft songs. Mm, yes. And there's and there's eight songs. So I wonder if you could somehow decode the hard <laughs> songs and the soft songs <laughs> into binary somehow. So, so I spent 15 minutes last night trying to figure it out. So the hard songs zero and the soft songs one. No, it'd be the other way. And I tried it the other way, and I was like, well, maybe the song's actually a soft song, but I'm saying it's a hard song, and I still mm. couldn't get anything but gibberish. <laughs> I got I with an accent over it. Yeah, so. I was going to say, it takes, a, it takes a few more than eight characters to get much out of binary. So if there's, if there's, a, if there's a little meta-narrative wink, then I'm not smart enough to figure <laughs> out what it is, I guess is my takeaway. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, Dead Crush. Yeah, that one. I yeah. almost completely forgot because that one, I think, is another one I was very impressed by just when someone explained to me the cleverness of it. Okay, okay. Go on. If I can pull it up my notes. I'm not going to play a clip of this. That is way too much editing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just go find it, guys. It's free on YouTube. <laughs> it's, it's there. <laughs> but this song is about the bands explaining their their dead crushes throughout history. Oh. Like historical figures they had crushes on that are obviously now deceased. <laughs> Okay. The first verse uh, describes an American photographer for Vogue, uh, circa World War II, Elizabeth Miller. Oh, okay. And the rest of the song describes. Uh, I wonder if she won a Pulitzer. She's she's renowned in her field somehow. Hmm, okay. I don't know if only we had a journalist handy that would. <laughs> Someone who's <laughs> taken literally years studying this shit. Uh, I'm not a photojournalist, buddy. <laughs> Not your guy. Not my job. <laughs> Not my job. <laughs> Ask me about Orson Welles sometime. Hey, how about Orson Welles? Uh, good voice. How about that uh, Marshall McLuhan guy? Uh, ribbon microphone. <laughs> Needs a lot of preamps. That's that's all I needed to hear. Cloud lifter. Go on. <laughs> you ever seen Videodrome? It's not that good. <laughs> mm, mm. This is dense. <laughs> this is good. Deep cuts. Deep cuts. Uh, the rest of the song apparently is about Anne Boleyn. Oh. Uh, one of the Henry VIII's wives that got the axe. Yeah, you know her. Yeah, everyone knows Anne Boleyn. Yeah. It's, a, it's that Christian rock band, Anne Boleyn. It's, it's Anne Berlin for... Anne, Anne Berlin. Anne Berlin, which is... Uh, look, if you ever <clears throat> are introduced to someone and they're like, hey, this is my daughter, Anne Berlin... Those people are that's, Christians. That's key, to, that's key to like leave the house quietly but well, assuredly. It's just just know that those people. Listen I guess to what's soft the quality of Anne Berlin, the the band? Uh, tenor vocalist, really interesting guitars. Anne Berlin is actually a pretty good band. Not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> I actually kind of. Are they one of those Berlin. bands you think are you two, but they turn out to be a Christian band? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And Brian um, Regan does a bit on those. <laughs> yeah, they're like that. Only. Um, much higher pitched vocalist, but he makes it work. Anyway, whew, Amberlin, scratching puppy, uh, boy, rabbit holes. <laughs> Where are we? Where are we? What year is it? Uh, yeah, so Dead Crush, um, and then uh, that first song, In Cold Blood. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, we've described the entire song. That's the entire album. Of the album. Um, in terms of, you know, going from soft songs to hard songs or whatever, it's a weird flow. I'm still trying to figure out what 
well, I mean, what they were doing there. All all J albums have a weird flow. Once you yeah. once you recognize the waters, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and right now it just seems like there's an awful lot of downtime, and I think I'm just thrown off mainly by House of the Rising Sun. I just don't get what's yeah, there. That I one just baffles don't. me. Yeah. Uh, as soon as that clicks, I'll be like, oh, I understand the album mm. as a whole a little bit better because this one little missing piece of the puzzle fits now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that'll bring things into focus a bit more. Um, but ultimately, it's a good album. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish either of us had listened to the second album a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> really, really wish. I, I came to this. I wouldn't have listened to this album if you hadn't you know, kind of put it on me. Mm, uh, by reminding you it exists well yeah and you played it at the background for one of our get-togethers and stuff and i'm like okay you know what i'm picking out enough little things that i like here i'm gonna give it a shot mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i did and i'm glad i did this is the songs that work really work right and and that's enough for me to be like yes okay i'll Jay, they can keep going they can keep making music and it's going to sound different, but that's mm-hmm, okay because mm-hmm. they haven't run out of good ideas. Yeah. They have plenty more in store. Uh, and even then, when I heard about the larger than life themes this album was going to try and tackle, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, the part of me that, that likes just uh, how intricate Alt J can be was going, oh, all right, I'll see what they're about. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I don't know uh, if they just, if it just didn't click or went over my head or if the old album now is, has this nostalgic shield around it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm trying to give it an even hand and it is growing on me. Yeah. Yeah. But who, again, who can, once the band has had their best album, it can be hard to reinvent themselves and come back with a better best album. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know if this is it again, ask me again in a month, maybe in a month mm-hmm. they'll be like, this mm-hmm. is better than an awesome wave, but just these first half dozen listen throughs. Nope. It's but not yeah, I feel like it's there's enough not. solid songs on this album that has made a contribution and I'm glad it exists. Yep. And honestly, I am very glad that they had the discernment to make it eight songs mm-hmm. because whatever they left on the cutting room floor, I'm sure they recorded more than eight songs. I'm positive they recorded more than eight songs, but at some point they're like, you know what? No, we don't need to put those in. They're not strong enough. Let's leave them out. Let's keep working on them. Let's get them ready for the next album, whatever. And I'm so thankful for that. They didn't feel this weird need that some bands get. Some bands really do get this. Make a 10 or 12 song album. Mm-hmm, to go real big with it. Yeah, it's got to be an hour long or it's not an album. You have to make the whole thing. And and Alche is like, you know what? Eight songs, about 40 minutes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And I respect them so much for that because it sounds like they really do have a lot. Yeah, they are They are definitely trying to move forward and grow. Which... Yeah, but that takes time and that takes a lot of effort. And that takes that takes editing and saying, you know what? This song's not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. This, this album only needs to be eight songs long. We're pitching to millennials. They'll be <laughs> thankful for the shorter time. They might actually listen to the whole thing. Uh, we'll model everything after an old PS1 game. <laughs> yep, that's released exclusively in Japan. We <laughs> love that. Uh, so, I'm I'm very thankful that they had the discernment to say eight songs is enough. That's okay. We can call this a full album. We don't need to apologize. It's enough because it is. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like there's any wasted space in this. Even though, like, I might not like the slow pacing. Yeah, I can see that the slow pacing was on purpose. And yeah, just not, exactly. maybe not for me. Yeah, and and I think, you know, if I didn't have other things to compare it to, I don't know how slow it would be if I was mm-hmm. comparing it to other genres. I don't know how slow it would be, but either way, um, solid stuff. Definitely go grab a copy or listen to it on Spotify if you can handle the <laughs> freaking ads, man. 
It's killing me. Uh, <laughs> like every time I look over my computer, I just see this little ad. Like yeah, that, look of, that look of terror when. Oh man, then the amount I of effort in. I go through to just never see an advertisement is. <sighs> no, I'm I'm the same way. Yeah, because this world is just so ready to shove them in front of your face at any given opportunity ever. Mm-hmm. So I just like saying, like, you know what? No, 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 no. When I'm on this, when I'm in this space. I don't want stuff shoved in my face. I mean, I agree. I, I realize in my own mind how juvenile that is because that's the money that keeps the thing running. Yeah, there's no but such thing as I just wish there was lunch. like a box to check, but no, wait, but I'm poor. <laughs> like, you can you can advertise all you want. I still can't afford yeah, it. Yeah, like I'm not going to buy your product. I'm never – you can advertise these Audis as much as you want, <laughs> okay? Never going to buy an Audi. Even if I have the money for an Audi, I'm going to spend it on something that's not an Audi. <laughs> like, let's just I'm be I'm going to spend it on the, all those thousands of commercials for Kraft Mac and Cheese that I'm getting anyway. <laughs> it's like when it comes to cars, I just need something that runs, and that's it. And yeah, those, those are the two kind of commercials, either a thing I'm, I can't afford or a thing I am already a consumer of. Yeah, yeah. They do have that down. <sighs> Ads. Yeah, so I just kind of run like a general ad blocker online. Well, it's disconnect. So it makes it so Facebook can't follow me around. Twitter can't follow me around. Because, you know, anything that has a Facebook like button, right. Facebook can tell you've been yeah, on they, that they site. harvest your data. Yeah. Just so, like, every every time you're on any web page that has a like button, Facebook itself knows you've been there. And so I just have this extension called disconnect that's like, nope, Facebook cannot see that. It doesn't load those like buttons. It doesn't do any of that. Um, but... That coincidentally ends up black, blocking like a lot of ad type stuff as well. Okay, <laughs> and then I have ghostry as well. Yeah, I do ghostry. I do ad block. Yeah, I and then I whitelist a bunch of sites. Okay, just so they can get there. Yeah, yeah. Like there's some tech, like tech journalism websites that I frequent, and even if I don't frequent them, like if I read an article and I like it, I'll go ahead and whitelist real quick, so mm-hmm. that every subsequent visit they'll get my revenue. That's fine, take it. But when I'm just like out on the open web. I, I gotta, you gotta have some type of protection, man. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. just go sticking your nethers in, in that particular box with no protection. So I, what did this metaphor become? <laughs> I don't even know, man. I'm trying to tiptoe around it. You... <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying don't stick your dick in the box unless you know what is in the box. Well, step one, cut what a hole can... in the box. <laughs> step two, identify what is in the box. <laughs> step three, take protection precautions if necessary. It's depending on what is in the box. Put Step your four, put box. your dick in the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the final place as ever to head off here. So <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. We leave you with again. that wisdom. We leave you with that wisdom. Uh, it's more complicated than you may think. Um, <laughs> I read an article on... Speaking of dicks and boxes, go on. dicks and boxes, there's, there's like some sort of video or something maybe it's like maybe it was just an article making fun of a porn video but a guy takes a popcorn bucket of like popcorn movie theater butter mm-hmm. and he, mm-hmm. and he or not butter but movie popcorn and at a movie he like sticks his dick in the box are you, of movie are you talking popcorn. about the, the lonely island video that we got dick in the box oh yeah and you know it probably was just right off that but someone broke down just how exactly oh like bad idea that would be to how put scalded your... by movie theater butter you would be yeah and the dripping factor and stuff like that and they're like well uh, the hole would have to be this big which means that this much liquid could escape they went like super in depth the physics of dick in the box yeah and they're like this is of all the things of all the boxes to put your dick in do not make it movie theater popcorn because just 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 don't <laughs> so anyway with that <laughs> we'll leave you so thanks austin um what what do people need to check out of yours uh let me see you can find uh me 
on the same website. This is on Secret Weapon Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we mentioned uh, on the outset, whether or not you keep that in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Depending on how many intros we went through. That's all right. <laughs> uh, 20 Minutes of Banter is my weekly one with my stalwart companion, Dan. And then uh, you and I... Yeah, we're, we're workshopping one right now that we're, we're real excited for. Yeah, so um, Riley and I talked about this a little bit, um, a podcast on mental health as it applies to the creative process and mm-hmm, making art, mm-hmm. especially. So mental health issues such as like depression and anxiety, um, for many people, it... it holds them back from creating because it's exhausting. It's an illness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, it, and it can stop people from creating. It can be the STEMI. But once people kind of realize and identify what it is, they can start to almost use it to their benefit where they can take this anxiety and depression and they can maybe not benefit. It's it's never necessarily yeah. a good thing. Uh, what, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's real hard to see as a benefit when you're when your life is regularly in upheaval through mental illness. Yeah, but but, but they let it be a character old... in their life and they let it be a part of the creative process because you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm, so you may as well mm-hmm. just embrace it and and let it feed into your passions. Yeah, it's an old adage at this point that 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 uh, madness and genius are two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. And and so we'll kind of be going into that and talking about it and and Austin is very well trained in mental illness. I mean, he has lots of schooling for it, lots of, I mean, resources for it. So he's going to be kind of my, my backbone and my go-to guy when I have questions about the illness and, and ways it can manifest itself and ways to talk about it without encouraging people mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. um, act on things, you know, because there are certain ways to talk about suicide. There just are. There are certain ways to talk about mental illness in general. Yeah. And, and so, so Austin's my go-to guy. He's going to be hundred percent my production assistant. You might even, you'll probably hear his voice from time to time too. Um, yeah, but, yeah, we haven't really set up the structure yet. If there's a, if there's a place I could come in and educate, then we will, but yeah. we'll, we'll see what's authentic. And I think that's, what's going to be the cool part of this is it's going to be just a, a study in authenticity and like, yeah, getting yeah. the whole picture of someone. Yeah. And, you know, ever since I mentioned that on the podcast with Riley earlier, I've actually heard a bit of listener feedback from people, a few people saying like, oh, this, that sounds cool. Like, I'm looking forward to that, you know, like hit me up essentially. And, and so some of you have gotten a hold of me on Twitter um, because Facebook is a desert apparently, but some of you guys got a hold of me on Facebook and showed interest in that. So that's still a thing still happening. It's, um, it's a process though. You know, it's, it's, it's something that you don't want to screw up. And it's something when you're talking, when especially when you're asking, yeah, when you're asking something so personal and so uh, intimate, yeah, you want to make rep- sure it's a hundred percent respectful. Make sure it's a hundred percent respectful. Make sure it's you know you're representing that person fairly. You know, I have a short list of interviews that we're going to start lining up. So um, we'll announce more of that when we get a little bit closer to it. But that's kind of. Um, one of the ways that Austin's in my life, you know, he's not just a, not just the 20 minutes banter guy, but we're, we're close friends. We, we talk a lot about um, what it is to be human. We cook a lot together. So, mm. um, yeah, so. They, they, he doesn't just bring me in when, uh, <laughs> Riley's been arrested for hunting the homeless for sport. Oh yeah. Shit. I just realized I got a text. I didn't even look at it this whole time. <laughs> it's Riley saying, Oh, Oh, I don't, He's been arrested for hunting the homeless for sport? No, it's just, he's just Oh, not no, I know what text Riley said. Uh, when you're walking on the beach of this podcast. Yeah, when there's two You'll, you'll notice that there was three sets of footprints. Yeah. And then, and then, then the podcast started and there was two sets of footprints. Now it's over, it's three again. It's because he was on our backs. So he's not going to make it. Doing a human pyramid as we went about the podcast. 
So, shoot, man. Well, pour one out for Riley. We waited. Um, we waited. We waited. So, anyway, have a good night, everyone. Good, good night, everybody. Hey!